Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, Super League is underway. How exciting is this? Uh, let's get the formalities out of the way, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Rate and write a review if you can. It'll give us more visibility out there so more people can um, listen to the show. Follow me across all different uh, social media platforms. Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan, at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, hope everyone's doing well. Oh man, let's get started. Talk about this La Mia Ike game and how the weekend went in Greek football in general. Well, first thing I want to talk about is uh, a little bit of news that came out today. Um, that uh, we're not going to be playing our first game in uh, back in Philadelphia till the first weekend in October, probably against Ionikos. Uh, the team came out and said this morning that um, the Yipedo of the stadium at Rizupoli will be the one that will be used for the next home games. Um, kind of torn about this. I'm glad they came out and said it today. That way it gives everybody almost a week to get prepared because we've sold guys, believe it or not, over almost 25,000 uh, season ticket holders. Not that everyone's going to go to that game or these next couple of games, but all this needs to be figured out. I don't see why they didn't use Oaka, but I'm kind of glad. I like it, it, the Irizupoli Stadium. Yeah, it's an older stadium, but it's got a great crowd. It's the stadium where we um, lifted the trophy, the championship year. So, you know, I mean... Oaka's Oaka. I've, you know, I've said my thoughts on here of what I hate most about uh, the Oaka Stadium. So I don't feel like I need to go back into that. Um, the other bit of news that came out over the weekend was uh, Mario Mitai. I woke up and boy was I shocked Saturday morning when uh, I saw that we sold him for 3 million euros to Loco- Locomotive Moscow. Locomotive Moscow. But it's very frustrating, man, because as Ike fans, we know that the academy just hasn't been the best the past few years. The scouting department hasn't been the best. Honestly, it's been crap. And I don't know what happens with this with this first team that we can't acclimate these players into the into the squad. I mean, does Lokomotive Moscow really have that much better scouts with everything that's going on in Russia today, have that much better scouts across the world to see this 19-year-old, I think he's an Albanian international, Mario Mitai, who, yeah, we've heard good things of. You know, I think he made his first start for the team, actually, at 17 years old for the first team. Uh, Didn't get that many starts. I think I read somewhere that he got 11 starts. But it's very frustrating that these players don't make it big at Ike. I mean, it's frustrating that, for example, last year, Anastasiadis went to Sheriff in Moldova, had a big showing out in the Champions League. I think they won a domestic double, which I know it's Sheriff in Moldova for for whatever that's worth. But in the Champions League, I mean, he looked, a lot of people that follow Champions League saw games, how good he played against Real and how he played gen- in general in the Champions League. And it really boosted his confidence. We've seen Yakumakis. The only thing that we can remember as Ike fans about Yakumakis, uh, you know, Tolukumaki to Yakumaki, that goal that he scored in the championship year in uh, Karaskaki, that was probably, I think, one of the best, 
not as far as technical ability of a of a goal being scored, but one of the biggest goals in the re- recent history of Ike, I'd say the last decade, you know. It was a really, really big goal, but that's all we got from Yakumakis, and he made numerous starts for the first team. But then we saw what he did in the Eredivisie. Yes, people have said this and that about the defenses in the Eredivisie are terrible. Uh, the Eredivisie is very top-heavy, but still, I mean, and then he's doing it again in Scotland. You can't say that the Scottish League is that much more inferior than the Greek Super League. I mean, that... <laughs> Uh, I digress, guys. I think that would be crazy. But it's frustrating that we can't get the 100% out of these players when they move on from here that other teams are getting. Um, And that's very frustrating to me. Even you take, for example, Bacasetas. I mean, the, you know, he's the national Galanolivki. He's the national team captain. And has won a Protaftima in, in Turkey last year. Trams of Sport, they won, the, they won the championship last year after so many years. So it's hard to see all these players go out and overperform. I mean, listen, or not overperform, but perform to the best of their abilities. And you see them with Ike. And it's, you know, it, I mean, it, look, listen, this is a big discussion. I don't want to spend too much time in this. I think it was a good move by the team because you don't know how his stock's going to go. I mean, he had a good year last year with the B team in the Super League 2 or Vitefniki, as I like to call it. But you don't know what it's going to be like. He didn't, um, they didn't give him much of a chance at the first team this year. He was looking like he was going to be designated to the B team again. So, I mean, it, it was a good sell, and I think we're keeping either 10 or 15% of resale value. So if he gets resold, we get some more money from that. And especially if he gets resold, resold for big money, we can make pretty decent money off of it as a, as a whole. Uh, not a bad move. I mean, not one that we saw coming. I do like the way the team is moving this year, where they're kind of moving in silence. Like, you hear about some moves, but then you're, like, surprised when something happens. I do like that. I don't like how in years past they come out and there's all this chatter, all this talk. Like last year, if you guys remember, with uh, that player from Celtic, Insama, whatever the heck his name was. I, I don't remember what his name is in English. For weeks, we talked about that player and then nothing happened. We didn't get him, not to get into that whole story. But I do like the way the team management is moving right now where you don't hear something like Vida. No one had any clue about what was going on with Vida. And it didn't even come out in Greece. It wasn't Greek reporters that first reported it. It was Croatian reporters in his home country of Croatia that had come out and said, you know, that Vida is getting ready to go sign for Ike Athens. Um, so I'm not going to spend any more time with this. Uh, I think it was a great move by Ike. I wish the kid all the best. I just wish our academy and the scouting department and all these pieces could fall together where we could get more out of these players. We see Olympiacos produce players. We see Pauk produce players. And you can't tell me that I can't do the same. You know? So I digress, guys. Let's dive right into the game. Let me, Ike. Um, gosh. So I've been dealing with a little bit of a health issue this past weekend and towards towards the end of last week and the this past weekend so it's been kind of hard on me it it's it's not as bad as it sounds it's a little bit of a heart issue but it's draining my energy it makes me very weak and tired at times 
So yesterday, man, watching this game and watching the first 30 minutes, that's all I can say, man, is like, Jesus Christ, like, I mean, the first 30 minutes was just, felt like same old Ike. I think the La Mia penalty was in the first 15 minutes where I just put my head into my hands and I was like, here we go again. Uh, Watching the play live, I said to myself, holy crap, this is not going to be a penalty. I don't even know what they're looking at. But then watching it on the replay, honestly, for me, I know some Ike fans have come out and said it's a little harsh. I don't feel like it's harsh. Simonski went into the the play very hard on a play where he shouldn't have done that kind of tackle anyway. The the ball was already lost. The player was, you know, the the offensive player had his back to the ball to the ball and to the goal. So it would have been a freaking like, you know, 1999 FIFA move where you have a player and you just kick the ball and you get lucky and it goes in. I mean, it would have been it would have been like goal of the century if this guy had somehow midair like turned around and found the ball and kicked the ball into the goal. So I don't even know why he's sliding that hard into the player. And of course, it's a penalty. I got the premonition to myself. I know other football fans probably feel the same way sometimes about penalties. I felt like he was going to miss it. I just had this gut instinct that, okay, this is not going in. So they missed the penalty. Let me, I missed the penalty. Ike in the 21st minute missed a good chance to open scoring with Araujo. Uh, but his shot was blocked into the keeper. The keeper blocked it. Um, I felt like the intensity was there. I felt like the team was a little nervous which is normal for an opening game, a new team, a team that really hasn't played together. You know, Vida started, which was a great start, by the way, and I'll go through some Vida highlights here in a minute. I did love the way he commanded the back a little bit, how he talked to his players, how they were, there was communication. Yes, there was yelling and screaming, and some people didn't find that very like attractive, or some people made comments like, why are they yelling at each other? There's a lot of, like, uh, nevra, um, a lot of anger on the pitch. I, for one, like that. I didn't feel like there was anger. I felt like there was passion and communication amongst players. I mean, this was a team that looked very, very dispassionate in the end of last year. The fact that players are yelling at each other, getting that passion out. We all know, man. I mean, that's, I, I, I can't even say I've played at the amateur level, but I've played like pickup basketball games before. I've played pickup football games back in the day. Um, I mean, and uh, being Greek, you know, especially with uh, your close friends and, and teammates and whatnot. So that, that that I'm perfectly fine with that. I love the fact that that passion came out of them. I really really like that the whole game. After a half hour, Ike seemed to um, really gather their strength, get themselves together. Lamia did what I was hoping Lamia was going to do. I talked about this on the podcast um, last week on my pregame, where I said I hope Lamia comes out and they take it to Ike, and that's what they did. They took it to Ike. They changed their formation to the same formation Ike was playing, a 3-5-2. Uh, 
I don't know. I you could kind of say was playing kind of a three one four two. Uh, Simonski was kind of sitting in back behind the um, the center backs a little bit. I liked Simonski's intensity sometimes, but I feel like he was just kind of. I shouldn't say goofy. I feel like he was going a lot harder than he should have been. He definitely was not one of my favorite players on the pitch on Saturday. Uh, chance for Lamia at the beginning of the game. I forgot to mention this with Zavellas, how he just whiffed on a header. I mean, a ball that should have been cleared. And that's that really scared me. That really pissed me off about him. I was kind of, my my blood pressure shot up at that moment because I was like, Come on, man. You're you're a professional. I understand defensive blunders are gonna happen at times, but it was like, dude, come on. You're 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 playing for your job here, man. Do you understand that? You're playing for your job. There's still a transfer window open. And maybe it was like beginning of game nerves, but seriously, like if there was a forward there with a little bit more quality, um, of maybe uh like not even, I would say, uh, a, uh, another contender, another contender's team. Let's say it was next week against Volos. I feel like the ball would have been in the back of the net. Ike would have been down 1-0. Big win in terms of the game planning for Lamia. They wanted to rattle Ike. Um, it kind of, after 30 minutes, kind of fell back down to earth. And Ike finally broke through that press that... Um, I was talking about where that I loved caused Lamia a lot of fits. I mean, it it gave Ike the first two goals were because of the press. Uh, the players constantly were pressing the defenders, constantly pressing to get possession back f- f- from the ball. And like I said on the previous podcast, that that was going to give teams fits, especially some of these quote unquote smaller sides. Um, it did give Lamia fits. Uh, Beneda, I think, was able to steal the ball. He was able to play a 1-2 with with Araujo. We got a lucky bounce, which you need that sometimes. Listen, I was the type of person younger that I didn't kind of believe in luck. I just believed in hard work and you were going to succeed if you worked hard. But I believe in all aspects of life, including sport, you need that little bit of luck. So Pineda got the ball, passed it to Araujo. Araujo passed it back to Pineda. In the box, Pineda <clears throat> got deeper into the box, passed it back to Araujo, and it hit off a defender and went straight to Araujo's foot. Goal, 1-0, Ike. From then on, I felt like even uh, Gianluca Festa, the La Mia coach, talked about this at the end of the game, where he said after that, it was all like his team kind of um, not gave up, but Ike's quality took over. We also missed a chance right before halftime to... Um, Go up 2-0. Amrabad had a sweet center. Put it right on the head of Mandalos. I mean, he was wide open. Really should have been 2-0. Uh, missed it wide. <clears throat> he headed the ball. It went wide. We go into halftime. 1-0 up. At this point, I'm confident. I'm like, you know, this is uh, it's looking good. The first 30 minutes was rough. Certain players weren't performing the way I wanted them to perform. Obviously, Zavellas, the defense, was kind of making me nervous. I know they hadn't played with each other in a while, but or they, they haven't played with each other. Haji uh, Safi in that third center back <clears throat> to the left was making me really, really nervous. Um, 
he did not have a good game. I don't feel like that role suits him very well unless it's like a an opponent like Lamia or unless it's where no one else can go. Um, no one else is game fit or game ready to go. So, Steven Zubat overall, he had a decent game. We didn't hear his name much. He had a couple of shots where some people were like, what the hell is Steven Zuber doing? Like, why is he taking so many shots? Personally, I this is a part of football that um, <clears throat> I feel like I've kind of had discussions with some of my friends as we talk football. Sometimes we, when I'm able to watch matches with other people where it's a part of football where you either agree or disagree or you're kind of in the middle. <clears throat> I think you should shoot. If you have a good f- foot, I say, Richtu. You know, shoot it and whatever happens, happens. Like, if you fancy your chances, take the shot. I really feel like that's, especially in modern football, I feel like that's an under underutilized part of the game for most teams. You know, most teams, they play possession or play, or play passes. Yes, if you're able to get good movement in the box or outside of the box, or if you can get a good player to cut through, and make a nice pass into the box, your chances of a shot going in are higher. But I think if you have a good foot, I mean, the the first shot that he went, yeah, B, get that pretty steady. Yeah, it was for the birds. Um, <clears throat> the second shot, though, the way he curled it, I mean, it, it came within a few feet. It was still wide, but maybe within like four or five feet of of being a great goal if it would have went in. <laughs> um so, but I do feel like he's still doing the things the manager wants. The second goal was part of his high press. He was the first player there to press and was able to force Lamia defenders into mistakes. And Naraujo just stole the ball. And then Naraujo had options. He had both to the right of him. Uh, he could have passed it to Amrabana Pineda, decided to take the shot himself. 2-0, Ike, the captain, El Chino. Um... I, I really liked how I took over the game. And like I said, in the second half, I saw some more of that movement. I saw players slowly playing better. And it makes a difference, guys, when you have players of quality. As we saw in the game yesterday, players of quality can make all the difference. Bineda, yes, he did not have a good game at all. Um, actually, he, he looked let me let me rephrase that. Not that he he did not have a game good game at all. He just looked kind of lost. He I felt like was not used to the tempo to the to the the Greek football klima. It felt like it didn't suit him at first. And we see this with players that come into the the Super League or that come into Greek football from abroad. It takes them time to get acclimated, and some don't ever get acclimated to the style of Greek football which is a lot different than than most places. And I felt like he struggled with that a little bit. But still, I mean, you can honestly say that he had an assist and a goal in this game. Because uh, his one pass, even though it took a deflection and got to Araujo, because of the deflection, I mean, it wasn't like a, like a big deflection. Like, um, it wasn't like the... 
the defender was trying to like whiffed on the ball or tried to kick the ball real hard and it didn't go. It was just like a light deflection on the first goal. I think it still should have counted as an assist. But all the all my point of the story is all these players need is a moment of quality, and that's what Pineda found. He found that moment of quality. Uh, they were coming up the side, the right side. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm trying to remember from memory. And actually, it was Vida that did overlapping with Amrabat and actually found himself outside of the box. He did the kind of tripla juke move, got into the box, and Vida looked like he was getting ready to shoot the ball. I thought he was getting ready to shoot the ball, and I was like in my head thinking in Greek, like, Bravo, look at this old man. That's Look at this guy. He's a center back. What does what he think? He thinks he's going to come to the Greek League and become Ronaldo or something just because it's the Greek League. And then just lays the ball. Perfect pass. A Lamia defender tried to get to it but got there late. And I mean, they showed it on the replay. And the box, the space that Pineda had, he had all day. And just the quality in the shot. The quality in the shot... Someone called it on the radio, said it was like a penalty. I mean, it was outside of the box, but he just picked his spot, and he picked the right the right spot. I mean, it went almost upper 90, the opposite of where the keeper was. No one was getting to that. Brilliant, brilliant quality by Pineda. I feel like we're going to see a lot of stuff from him. This, you know, Pineda is going to do as I'm going to say Pineda things. Um, I really feel like the second half, there's not much to say. The team pressed very well, got that second goal early. So I feel like as Ike fans, until this team gets into a nice rhythm where they have a few wins like this, and not to say that every game against a so-called inferior opponent opponent is going to be like this, but until they get into a rhythm of games where it's a little bit easier, I feel like we can never rest. I mean, I think even after it became 3 nil. I tweeted something out about, you know, are Ike fans, <laughs> Ike fans, how nervous would you be if Lamia got a goal right now? And it was like at the 77th minute or something. Um, like I said, I like the way the players played with passion. I mean, for what it's worth, Lamia had a couple of half chances. They had one chance to hit the post. I mean, but everything was said and done. After it was 2-0, you could tell that the winds came out of their sails, that they were like, you know, this, this we're, we're done here. Um, the score could have the score line could have even been bigger, and it could have even been bigger from the first half. You know, if I had gotten that, I think if Mandela would have gotten that second goal at the end of the first half, I feel like the score line could have read even differently. Um, even though Lamia missed a penalty, which was big, it could have changed the trajectory of the game. It was also nice to see a clean sheet finally from this team that had all kinds of defensive woes. Guys, like I've said before, we have to be patient. We have to be patient. Like I said, I feel like the only thing we can ask for this team is to be in the hunt. To be in the hunt and see what happens in the end. Even if we finish below where we want to finish, obviously we're Ike. We want the Protoftimo. We want the championship. But if even if we finish below that, if we see improvements, let's be patient. Let's give at least one coach, one manager, the chance to have a second season and see where, where things are going to go. Um, and like I said, not to reiterate, well, to reiterate and not to keep boring you with the same old talk, we have to be patient in general. Um, I don't have really 
much else to say. Oh, one thing I did like that um, Almeida said after the game was I love the way he worded this because I feel like many managers could have made excuses, but he said we need to, to do better and to get to work on how to fix the defense. I really like those words because he could have chose other words. He could have been like, well, first game of the season, you know, these guys haven't played well together or haven't played long um, together, you know, things happen in football, like I've heard other managers say. Um, but I really like his wording there. Like, yeah, like <laughs> we were at times we were crap at the back. So we we need to work on those things. We need to fix these things. I like that. I like the, the account. I like the fact that this manager takes accountability both for himself and for the players. Um, Zavellas, yes, he did have that horrible moment. But I have to say, the rest of the game, he looked good. He looked very sound in the defense. Um, not to say that I want to see him play there the rest of the season. I think he would be a great uh, addition off the bench or in a game where someone can't start. The quality of Vidal, I mean, to say that I don't feel like he's 100% match fit. And you could you could just tell the quality and the experience in this player just by watching him, watching his movement, watching him where he he sets himself on dangerous plays. You know, it was it was something else to watch, man. It was uh, he's just you could tell the different class of player that he is, and I was happy to see him even now that let's say he's at you know whatever fifty, sixty, seventy percent, and he's not a hundred percent yet. Um, it was great to see the quality that we have in this player. Other than that, man, it was a great weekend in the Super League. No surprises. I really thought last night as I was looking at the matchups for today that there was going to be some surprises. Um, I really feel like overall everyone, every one of the top five teams played decent. Uh, I feel like they all need more time. To build a team. If I were to say. I don't think there are any winners or losers. It was just an an opening week. You know I don't feel like any. No one came out. Even though some scorelines were high. Like the Adi scoreline or the Ike scoreline were 3-0. And you might have looked at Bauk's scoreline at 1-0. Where they scored in the 7th minute. You might have said they they struggled a little bit. Or you back off today. You might say struggled a little bit. I just feel like these things will kind of, with work, will kind of weave themselves out. And I'm putting the the benchmark in a month. You know, let these teams get four or five games under their belt. And then let's see what's going on. A problem with early back that I'm going to see, if they don't get some depth on that squad, it could be an issue. Because you have to think, okay, in November, when the time that the World Cup... um break comes every other team in the Super League will have paid 13 games Olympiacos if you count their European games no matter where they they finish if they wind up playing in the Europa League or in the the Conference League they will have played 27 games um I don't feel like this team has the depth in the roster yet to kind of handle that that game difference with everyone else, you know, being fresh. And they don't have that depth where they can kind of put two different squads out. 
they don't have that kind of depth and they don't have that kind of uh sabuka. They're not that old Olympiacos team where no matter what, we're gonna we're gonna freaking beat you. We're gonna beat you. It doesn't matter if, if we just played in Europe, we're gonna go into Tumba and get a result, or we're gonna go come to Nafilavethi and get a result. They seem to not have that this year. Every team right now is a work in progress. Um, to get to some of the other matches, I mean, they were great. There were some goals, man, in the Super League, which we're not known for that. We're not known for having that many goals. I mean, even Friday's game, I looked at Volos and Asteras Tripolis, and my personal opinion, I thought that had, you know, 1-1 written all over it. I know both teams were very sound. I could have seen that game going 1-1 or 2-1 with someone eking out a victory. To go 3-3, and then the old man Barales to tie it for Asteras Tripolis in the last minute of injury time. Wow, that was some something impressive. And then Argileas Beos now has a problem because their, uh, their uh, manager called it quits, resigned. Um, so that's our next opponent, Volos. Not to say that that means anything. Volos, Volos had some quality, um, some quality that could hurt us if these defensive woes keep happening next week but also our offense did look damn good so we'll see what happens like i said guys right now it's results we just need results we need to i keep harping on this but we need to be three and zero, have nine points going into that derby with Panathinaikos, which for what it's worth i mean i didn't watch much of that game today but they only won one zero i don't know how bad they struggled or whatever i I can honestly say today I didn't watch hardly any games. I watched the Olympiacos game, but I was in the middle of a family function. Me and my wife were here doing stuff around the house. I was doing some work. So I was like kind of in and out. I feel like Bastian and I had some opportunities. They had a goal that was called offside. Uh, they gave Olympiacos fits. But like I said, all these teams are a work in progress. I think... I think we're all gunning for the same result. Let's just get results. Let's just tread water and then see what's what and improve week to week. Uh, there was something else I was going to touch on and I totally forgot. Um, but that's it as far as the Super League is concerned. I'm very excited for next week again. Uh, let's see what happens against Volos. Obviously, I'm a little bummed that we're not going into Nafilavetia yet because I really want to see that stadium on fire. I'm bummed for this team because I feel like that would be so uplifting that over the next two games, which are going to be home games, that would really, I feel like, give you a massive push for victory. But on the other hand, I'm kind of excited for myself, not to be selfish. I'm going to be out of town next Saturday, so I'm, I don't even know how my breakdown is going to be. Maybe if I can watch it on the replay the Greek TV package that I have, I can't go back and watch the games. So I don't know if I'm going to, I can't DVR them, let's say. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the game. I'll, um, I'll be listening to most of it. So, I mean, I'm still going to do a podcast, but we'll see how that goes. Um, trying to think here and it was something that I had a point to make. Yeah, so basically it was an exciting Weekend in Greek football, man. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed the games. Um, to reiterate my point, sorry guys, to reiterate my point that I had in the last podcast, I really feel like this year is going to be special. I think 
the derbies are going to be something else. Um, because for the most part, I feel like everyone is on equal playing field. And it's going to be a very, very exciting season. Very exciting first weekend. If you're a Nike fan, a sigh of relief, a sigh of happiness. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. The fans in La Mia, which I know I had mentioned in my uh, podcast last week that um, there wouldn't be any traveling fans. For those of you that don't know Greek football that well, it's kind of weird. They didn't allow, they call it movement of fans, of organized fans, which is what they call the ultras in Greece, or organized fan clubs. Technically, they didn't allow that, but they showed up at the stadium, so the Lamia official decided, hey, what the heck, let's just give them the, you know, the petalo, the away stands, and they let the fans in. Um... Great atmosphere by both Ike fans and La Mia fans. And it was nice to see most stadiums over the weekend. I heard some Ike fans talking crap about Olibacos' stadium, that it was kind of half empty. Listen, guys, it was 10 o'clock at night against, yes, a scrappy Jan and a team, but it was 10 o'clock at night, summertime in Greece. You know, uh, a lot of people in, in August are still on vacation in Greece, so... um. You know, not to say that I want to give Olympiacos a break or whatnot, but uh, most of the stadiums were full. And Volos, of course, empty as always. The story behind that is Volos, Achilles Beos, who's one of these criminal owners in Greek football. And I don't mean that to slight any of the big teams owners. This guy has just, he's bankrupt so many uh, clubs. He has been one of those bad guys in Greek football, in my opinion. Sorry if you're a Volos fan out there, which there aren't very many of you, because Volos already had traditionally two teams, two teams that are well-supported in the city, two teams that had a great rivalry, two teams that once were in the Super League, uh, Niki Volo and Olympiakos Volo. And he decided neither of those owners wanted to sell their clubs or something like that back in the day. So he decided to start his own club. And of course... When you have two teams that are have great fan bases in that city, no one's going to pick up and follow your new team. I, I don't know, man. It's just, you know, one of those weird Greek football things. So let me wrap it up, guys. I have went much longer than what I was expecting anyways. Um, hope everyone has a good week. I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys later on this week. That's the only thing that should matter right now. I know a lot of Ike fans said, you know, the best of Balada. Guys, be patient. Balada, Tati. Get, Oposipa, Kepali, Forza Ike.